0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Elvis fans from around the world. Sorry about that. Welcome to another episode of Shaping Elvis. I am Josh Ward, sitting here in the WTVA podcast studios here in beautiful Tupelo, Mississippi, King City, just down the road from the birthplace of Elvis Presley. Welcome Thank you for coming and joining me today, tonight, this evening, this afternoon, whenever you may be listening, for another episode of Shaping Elvis. As I record this, today is Friday, September 28th. And this past weekend, uh, my daughter and I had a little daddy-daughter date, if you will, And uh, went to see Cody Ray Slaughter in concert. The Tupelo Elvis Presley Fan Club held a concert. And um, my goodness, it was awesome. It seems like every time I see Cody, uh, he just gets better. And uh, my goodness, the man is, is, is awesome. So if you ever have a chance to see him, Uh, You should definitely do that. But I bring that up to tie in what this episode is going to be about. And this is one I have actually been looking forward to. Uh, One of the ones. I actually look forward to all of them. But this is one I especially was looking forward to. And I actually was surprised because I got a little extra that I wasn't planning on. And uh, really excited about that. Really excited to bring that to you. Family, regardless of who you are, where you are, where you come from, what your background is, we all got it. We all have family. And, uh, you know, I hope that your family is really tight and everybody gets around and has a good time and plays and laughs and whatnot. Well, Elvis was no different. And come to find out, uh, a lot of his family still resides here in Tupelo or the surrounding area. And like many, whether you own up to it or not, your family shapes who you are. Now, we all know, and we've talked about earlier, uh, Elvis was very close to his mother, but I can't even, I can't say that he wasn't close to his dad. I don't know. Um, I can only imagine that he would be. You know, the last concert that he has, he actually calls Vernon on stage and says, this is my dad, I've missed him. Uh, He's been sick and, um, you know, he calls him up on stage and I think he actually gets a chair for him. I'll have to go back and see that. But, uh, yeah, I I would have to say he was very close to his family, immediate family, and and even his brothers later on. uh, We knew him as the Memphis Mafia, but he was close to pretty much anyone he came in contact with became his family. Well, today I'm actually going to talk to some of his family. I'm talking about a bloodline. Yes, I use that word purposefully. Back in June, I had the honor and privilege to meet with Miss Wanda Gale Presley, and I think I introduced her a couple of episodes back. Maybe it was last episode, I don't remember. But anyway, I got to speak with her at the birthplace in the chapel, such a sweet, lovely lady, And there was a lot of things she told me before I actually got to roll on the interview. But what I did get, I was very pleased with, and I hope you will be too. So without further ado, Miss Wanda Gail Presley. I am sitting in the chapel, thus the echo of the area, uh, here at the birthplace in Tupelo. And I am sitting with a very special friend now, I I think. Um, Would you say your name, please, ma'am?
1: Wanda Gail Presley.
0: That's right. That was Presley at the end of that name. Uh, What what do you do?
1: I am a massage therapist and a singer.
0: A singer. Uh, Imagine that. Presley (laughs) as a singer. Now, uh, why I'm making a big fuss about that, uh, can you tell me what your family tree is real quick
1: um yes my grandmother was doshi presley Steele. she is a sister to jesse d we refer to him as uncle d but most people know him as jesse d um but he was uh, her brother mm-hmm.
0: so that makes you a, a
1: kissing co- kissin
0: cousin a kissin cousin. <laughs> <laughs> cousin to elvis presley so let, let me let me give you a quick scenario Uh, You walk into a restaurant and somebody, you know, you're standing in line. It's been a little while. You finally get to the counter and the lady says, your name, please. And you say, Wanda Gail Presley. And do they automatically look up and like, oh, or how how would that run out for you?
1: Um, They usually say, I have to ask, are you related to Elvis?
0: (laughs) She's shaking her head. Yeah. (laughs) So what's that like? Um, Just like anybody else being kin, but I mean, we're talking about Elvis here.
1: I think everybody, I think Elvis is the universal language that everybody speaks. Um, Everybody loves Elvis, and he's the connector.
0: Yeah. Tell me, we were kind of talking before we started here, um, you know, about old times, old memories. Can you give me a a memory real quick of...
1: Well, it was very cool growing up on a very, you know, rural farm without uh, telephone or anything. Um, Having the Presley relatives, my life come and visit and, you know, just talking about Elvis matter of factly. Um, Elvis actually came to the farm uh, when he was a child with the other Presleys from East Tupelo, they used to get on an old school so bus Uncle Noah had, and come to my grandmother's farm. So it's a lot of special memories, with all that. Yeah.
0: Um, did you ever get to meet Elvis or spend time with him?
1: I was living for the moment to go see Elvis. Yeah. Rubel and Lucille Presley, they lived next door to Elvis when Elvis was a child in Tupelo. They moved to Dallas, Texas two years before Gladys and Vernon moved to Memphis. They would come back to visit. They would stop and have lunch in Graceland and they'd be at our house for supper. And they would be talking, telling my grandmothers that ain't many wanted them to come spend the weekend at Graceland. And I'd be sitting listening to all the stories And my grandmother would tell him I liked to sing and that she had to take a switch to the table because she's trying to teach me it was ill manners to sing at the table. (laughs) And Ribble looks at me and he goes, "'Well, we'll take you to see Elvis and talk to him about helping you get started in music. When would you like to go?' And I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm just a child." But I'm thinking the minute I get 18, because I know Elvis is famous, but I don't know Elvis is the king. I don't know that.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: I just know he's Elvis, and we you know, we talk about Elvis, but I'm thinking they don't know and they don't understand Elvis really couldn't help me until I get 18, so I was living for the moment to turn 18 to go talk to Elvis, and so many things I wanted to talk to him about, the fact that he grew up in Church of God, and I grew up in Church of God, and I knew we had that connection, and... When he passed, and I was sixteen, I was devastated.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, like you said, you were you were waiting for that eighteen-year-old, and wow. Um, Did you ever did you ever get to talk to? Well, I guess certainly not Gladys, but did you ever get to meet with Vernon
3: or? Um.
1: Becky Martin and I went a few times to see Uncle Vester, talked to Uncle Vester um, several times. We went over to his house and also saw him, you know, when he was working over at the gift shops and stuff, but he was always fun, and um, I think, you know, he just had a great sense of humor, a great, you know, just a great guy.
0: Yeah. What would you guys talk about?
1: We would talk about old times, and he would ask me questions about the family, and, we would talk about family stuff, and he would talk to me about his memories in Tupelo, and he was telling me that he would, at some point, he'd like to move back to Tupelo, but his wife really liked Memphis, so he didn't know <laughs> if they'd get to move back or not.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get, that kind of runs uh, even today. Whatever the wife says, <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> uh, can you remember the first time you heard Elvis sing?
1: I don't remember never hearing Elvis. He was just always there from the time, my earliest memory, he was just always there. Um, And like I said, we didn't, we just had a little black and white TV um, and radio. We didn't have telephone or any modern facilities, but it's just the fact that I, I guess I knew he was related to him. And I, I, I just always felt that connection with him. Like a lot of people do, you know, that, you know, I think everybody connects with Elvis.
0: Um, did you get to go to Graceland? Well, I mean, well, you kind of said that earlier that you you never went to Graceland, but you you have been to Graceland, yes. certainly. Yeah. Yes. What, what's what what goes through your mind when you?
1: I am just so proud of Elvis. Um, when I went in that room where all the gold records were, I was just like in awe. I'm like, how could he have possibly done this many gold records? You know and gone at 42, which just phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good segue, gone at 42. Where, where were you when you heard the news?
1: I had laid down and took an afternoon nap. I woke up, they were saying it on the radio or TV or something and I thought I was dreaming. I thought, oh my gosh, I wish I'd wake up. And when I realized I wasn't, I, I thought, it, I'm like, it has to be a publicity stunt because I'm only 16 years old and I'm, you know, I'm still a baby and I'm thinking nobody's ever going to pass and certainly not at 42.
0: I, I, I can tell that's still pretty, it touches you still.
1: Every, everybody knows the moment where they were when Elvis Presley passed. Yeah. Everybody has that same connection.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's one, of, that's, that's one of the questions everybody knows the answer to. You know, where were you when Elvis died? When it happened, where were you when Kennedy was assassinated? Uh, where were you in 9-11? You know, that's, that's always one that everybody, like you said, can connect to and it's a very uh, poignant time in history, I would say. You know? um, what do you think about Elvis' tribute artists?
1: I think it's great. Um, It's a great way for Elvis to live on. And I think we want Elvis to live forever.
0: If it weren't for Elvis, do you think uh, Tupelo would be as as successful? Personally, I think Tupelo would be a success just because it's a big town. Do you think it would be as successful without Elvis?
1: Tupelo is a great community wonderful people in Tupelo very friendly very community oriented they're wonderful people very hospitable but Elvis is the plateau in every occasion yeah yeah we all are uh, still in awe
0: of Elvis yeah have any final thoughts how was that (laughs) it
1: (laughs) well I actually have a CD
0: okay yeah please
1: please plug I've written, um, the title of the city is Bloodline. Uh, One of the songs on the city is called Boy from Tupelo. That's a song about Tupelo and Elvis. Um, One of the songs is Hillbilly, and those are all kind of my rendition of Elvis. And then some of the original songs we did of Elvis with the Jordanaires. There's no longer Jordanaires now, so I was very honored to have the Jordanaires on the CD, as well as the legendary Ronnie McDowell.
0: Wow, wow.
1: We also are doing a Presley talk on there with Billy Presley, who um, lived next door to Elvis growing up, and they played together as kids, and Billy's just, he's passed now. He's a police officer in Dallas, Texas, for 22 years. Just a Another sweetheart, Presley. (laughs) How the CD starts out, me and Billy are sitting there talking, and I'm interviewing Billy like you're doing me. (laughs) And we're doing this at Scott Reed's, on Scott Reed's telephone.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And he's in Dallas, and we're on the telephone having this conversation because Billy's not able to come to Tupelo. (laughs)
2: okay.
1: And I'm sitting there asking Elvis, I'm asking Elvis, asking Billy what it's like growing up with Elvis, living next door to him, going to church with him, going to school with him, and he's sitting there telling me all this, and he's like, well, you know, we were just kids just having fun together. He was no different than I or any other kid. He was just summertime, running around barefooted, raggedy clothes like the rest of us. (laughs) And that's so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, Billy tells it, his voice is kind of scraggly because his voice is weak. And it's just so beautiful, though. Yeah. It's just so beautiful.
3: Oh,
1: that's awesome. <laughs> and then we go that. into me singing the bloodline. Yeah. It leads right in. Oh, and he said, Billy goes into saying, and I'm, and I'm proud to be in the bloodline. And then we're going to sing in the bloodline song.
0: Oh, that's so. awesome. <laughs> All right, well, with uh, since you, since you brought that up, Wanda has graciously given us permission to play a boy from Tupelo. Can you tell me a little bit about this song?
1: It's basically talking about Elvis being a down-home boy living in an uptown world. And at heart, he was just a boy from Tupelo. In fact, one night I went to Ronnie McDowell's concert and um, the lady who sings Back Up for Elvis, um, she sang Back Up for Elvis, she sang with Ronnie, she sang with so many people. I was talking to her about the song, and she did not have any idea what I had. I just told her I would working on a CD about Elvis, and she said, well, you know, Miss Millie Kirkham who I'm talking about, she said, you know. We loved working with Elvis because he was just a boy from Tupelo. And I, I was just like, my heart sunk. I thought, she has no idea that's what this song is. But
0: oh, wow. Well, that's pretty cool. That was very cool. <laughs> All right, folks. So here it is, A Boy from Tupelo. Hope you enjoy it.
3: Tupelo to Tennessee. Graceland land glory Now he's singing With the King of Kings He was a down home boy Living in an up Gospel in his soul is coming Thank you very much,
0: baby. When Wanda Gale gave me a CD, you know, I listened to the whole thing, and there's a a line in there that actually says the tagline that I close out with didn't even know we used the same terminology. Elvis has left the building, but never our hearts. So I thought that was kind of cool. You know, great minds think alike, you no, know, and everything. Another really cool thing Wanda Gale gave me permission to do is use a piece of the Interview she had with Billy Presley, and you can find the entire interview on her CD, which is available at Tupelo Hardware. I do know that. And she has been so gracious to let me use a piece of it here on this podcast. So in his own words, interviewed by Wanda Gale, Mr. Billy Presley.
4: I'm proud of my bloodline with you. Proud of my bloodline with Elvis. It's special to be um, in the Presley bloodline, and I know it's special for you growing up with Elvis, almost like a brother, as a cousin.
2: When we grew up together down there, we lived in what they call East Tupelo, which Tupelo at that time was a very small community. Everybody knows everybody, you know. All the kids went to the same high school, almost the same church. It was a great time in our lives. Well, we didn't realize it at the time.
4: Yeah, well, Elvis never forgot the hard times and remained humble and just a very caring person his whole life. I um, remember your grandpa, Uncle no- we called him Uncle Noah, my grandmother telling all the stories about all the times he used to load all the Presley clan up and bring them out on the farm <laughs> back in oh, yeah. the 60s. They've talked about a lot of those good times, and Uncle Noah would load up Elvis and all the other Presleys in East Tupelo and bring them all out in the country, taking Elvis around in that old school bus, even to visit Vernon when he was in Parchment, and a lot of places he took them.
2: You know, that was uh, southern part all of the family to look forward to. Getting in that bus with Paul, I guess they made up where they was going. Before they started, but us kids, we had no idea half the time where we were going. I'm going to call her Aunt Ocean, which is what I've always called. Usually we headed for her house, and God, you never been more welcome in the world than you <laughs> are at her house.
4: Oh, yeah, she's precious. It was a joy living with uh, Doshi, my grandma, and my mother was ill, and getting to be there as a child and all the Presley relatives coming to visit and listening to all the Presley stories. And gosh, I remember your mom and dad coming all the time, and Lucille, and they were such an inspiration to me. They would go to Graceland and have lunch. They'd be at our house for supper telling all the you know updates with my grandma, what was going on with everybody in Graceland, and inviting her to come spend the weekend. Of course, she was an old-fashioned lady, both my grandmothers, and they just thought Memphis was too far to go. Grandmother was telling them about me singing all the time and her taking a switch to the table because <laughs> I'd huh? sing at the, at the meals. And your dad and mom um, told me they'd take me to see Elvis and talk to him about getting me started in music. And, oh, my gosh, that was like... <laughs> The biggest thing ever to me for them to you know say that and planning on going and you know at sixteen you don't think anybody's life's going to end certainly not at forty two. Your mom and dad doing that was inspirational thing for me to want to go in and record. It was your mom and dad had a big part in that, Billy.
2: They meant whatever they told you. I'll tell you that.
4: No doubt, no doubt, and you sound so much like your dad just even hearing you talk. <laughs> and, um, how's Gene and Jackie doing? Your brothers.
2: They all are doing time.
4: You'd be sure and tell them I said hello. I will do that. Did you remember Elvis singing the old uh, round tupelo when he was a kid, like old Shep in, in church and any of those?
2: First time I heard Elvis really professional singing was at a place here in Dallas we call Fair Park. Elvis was singing, that's why right, Mama, me, Kelly, my brother, walked by and, came and said, Bill, let's go uh, hear Elvis. Elvis, our cousin, I said, oh, well, okay. And that's the first time I'd ever heard him sing for president.
4: What did you think when you saw him, Billy? My
2: God, I thought <laughs> he'd gone crazy. The <laughs> back shaking all over the Oh, man, when he come on that stage, I went back to the restaurant with him. I said, Elvis, are you okay? Damn, what happened to you? Oh, man, just one of them bits. But that's the first time I'd ever seen him on stage and of course he rocked the house.
4: Oh wow. Been rocking it ever since, hasn't he?
2: Sure is. He hasn't slowed down one bit. Oh wow. Who gosh. would have ever thought he anybody would have known him by just calling and saying Elvis. Oh. You know, he never had to use his poor name. Just say oh. Elvis. Everybody knows who he was, yeah. And most people probably don't know he was a part of a twin. He had a twin brother, you know.
4: Yeah. Probably
2: most people don't know that. But it was a joyful time, us growing up together as a kid. Like I say, I didn't realize what a wonderful time we was having. Everybody was poor, but we didn't know it, so we had fun. Elvis' twin is buried up at Price Bowl Cemetery there in Tupelo,
5: yeah.
2: or in Mooresville. Which one it is. Everybody called it Tupelo.
4: Do you remember Elvis as a prankster or anything like that when he was a kid?
2: Do you remember him? Seeing me like the best I remember. We was fooling with something. Elvis was making fireworks or something anyway. You know, back then everybody had an open plain place And somehow that powder got in that fireplace and shot coals of fire out. I remember Gladys really got on to him. because it was time for me to lose. Did,
4: did Gladys spank him, or she just got on
2: him? You know, I don't remember. I know she grabbed him. She probably spanked him. We mostly played in his backyard. I don't know why we were even in the house at that particular time, but we was.
4: Just knowing all the family and how warm and how special they were, and I really... Uh, Love you and and your family, and I'm proud of my bloodline with you and proud of my bloodline with Elvis.
2: Well, we're just plain, honest people. That's all we are.
4: Raised to live by the Golden Rule, wasn't it?
2: It was. It really was. It was a completely different time back in the 40s than it is today. Well, I remember the first time I paid a quarter for a Coke. I thought I was in the Roundup Club. We was playing that night. Me, Jane Kenneth ordered a coca piece and so I was playing big stuff. I was going to pay for it. Like out. She said seventy five cents. I can use pen and a nickel.
0: You remember at the beginning of this episode I said something about I had some extra content that I um was not expecting. Well, this is what it was. Miss Connie, bless her heart, has done it again. And the whole reason I bring up the Cody Ray Slaughter concert was because at that concert, probably what, about an hour, two, three hours before, I don't know, earlier in the day, (laughs) let's just say that, earlier in the day, uh, Miss Connie sends me a text and says, hey, I got somebody you should talk to, and that's Miss Louise Smith. Now, we just got through talking to the Presley side of the family, Let's talk to the Smith side of the family. That's right. This is Gladys's side of the family, and such a sweet lady Miss Louise is. And I'll just let her tell you where she falls in the bloodline. Folks, I am sitting here in the historic Lyric Theater, and they are getting ready. We're um, sitting, and I have uh, sitting here waiting to see Cody Ray Slaughter tonight. And I have come up on a new friend of mine, and who, what is your name?
5: Louise Smith.
0: And how do you fit in the Elvis world?
5: Well, I was only married to his first cousin, Gene Smith, who was like a brother to him. And when I first met Elvis, he, uh, him and Gene come in the store where I was working, and uh, so that's the way I met Elvis, first of all. His name, the capital letters, was about that big, the word Elvis. And now it's all over the world, I think. <laughs> I think that's pretty much a safe bet. Right. Don't you? <laughs> right. And I have lived in the mansion, in Elvis's mansion, for quite a few years, our bed Elvis's bedroom and our bedroom his was on one end of the room, and we were on the other end of the room. So, this will be upstairs. Upstairs, right.
0: Wow! So you you you've been at the in the uh, unauthorized play. <laughs>
5: yes, right. I, I don't think nobody gets up there now. No, I don't think. I think you're right. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, again, let, let's talk about that first time you met Elvis. Um, can you remember a year? Just just what? How how did that go? Oh
5: Lord. Is before he ever made a record, but anyway, he and Gene worked in the same place. Well, I worked on South Main in Memphis at a credit store. Well, Elvis come in to apply for a credit because he wanted to buy some clothes. So I finally got him back to the counter where I was going to fill out the application. And I said, okay, I need your name. He said, no, I want your name first. <laughs> and I thought, uh-oh. Then I, I said, okay, what is your address? He said, I need your address. I said, sorry. I said, let's get this filled out or I will be glad to show you the door. <laughs> so he went out, went on and filled it out. He was accepted. And they come in every week to pay on the account. And so finally, well, Elvis asked me for a date, and I thought, no way, Jose, (laughs) because you are just a little too cocky, tell me. So Gene asked me for a date, and I said, sure. Gene, come to pick me up. We go out to the car. He opens the door. I looked in the back seat. I said, what are you doing with him in here? His remark to me was, I don't go nowhere without cuz. Wow. So that day, that night, it actually become three of us. <laughs> That's great. Where you would see one, you'd see the other two.
0: So kind of inseparable, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And that lasted... All you know, I guess, till the day he died. Uh,
5: right. Yeah. Yep. Sure did. We were at uh, Graceland a few days before Elvis passed away.
0: Uh, what's one of your fondest memories? Uh, you know, prior. Let's let's do it in two ways. Prior to him making it big, and then one of your fondest memories that just like stands out out of everything?
5: Well, if he asked you to go anywhere out of Memphis, it was best not to do it. (laughs) Okay. My husband, one of his brothers passed away and Gene and Elvis were here for that. And Elvis had just finished a movie out. And uh, he had to go back to California they didn't like the ending of it and they was going to redo the ending of it so he had to leave out the next day after the funeral and he's told Gene he said now I want you and Louise to come out next week and I had ne- I had two children or we did I had never been away from them the only reason I ever agreed to go was because my mom lived right next door <laughs> and and okay. she kept my babies. Yeah. But anyway, we went to California. Then, now only for a week. Okay. Then from California we went to Vegas. I got home 1 month later. <laughs> Uh
0: oh! Oh Oh, my goodness!
5: I would not have got on that plane with him, cause you never know where he was going and when you'd be back. Yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. So what? What's uh? I don't. I don't even know. I, I'm just kind of. I'm kind of <laughs> awestruck, just to be honest with you. Okay, uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let me ask you this: in the family tree. Where where do, does does um, Mr Smith fall?
5: He his I, it's my, obviously okay. his mother aside. and Elvis' mother were sisters. Okay. Okay. What was it like to live in Graceland? Well you never did hardly see the sun because we were up all night and slept all day. We ate breakfast like at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And anywhere that Elvis ever went for entertainment, he had to rent that. Right. And we would go to the theaters for movies after midnight. Go to the fairground after midnight. Skating rink after midnight. All of them were that way.
0: And the stories of him... Uh,
5: the story, one story of us being at the uh, fairground, he loved that, uh, p- what, p- Pippin? Zippin', Zippin Pippin. Pippin'? Zippin', yes. At Liberty, right. Liberty, Liberty Land. At Liberty Land. Yes,
0: that, that was actually my okay. question I was
5: going to ask. We got on that and rode around a couple of times. Then he had Elvis, I mean Elvis had them to stop it, and him and his girlfriend got on one end and we got on the other end (laughs) we rode that thing 32 times without stopping wow and i told gene i said if i ever get off of here i never want to see another
0: (laughs) another roller coaster have you been on one since
5: no (laughs) no no no
0: (laughs) so i have i have actually heard that story um but I never realized it was it was really true but
5: well, it was true. Yeah, coming from the horse's mouth now. So <laughs> now we know. one time when we was on it, the four of us. Yeah. You yeah. know when you stop up top on the on the right. roller coaster, right. Elvis got out of that car and stepped over on the side on the rail there and held on. Mm-hmm. And here we go down and he's up there. Yeah. <laughs> we got down, they started to holler, you know, where's Elvis? Where's Elvis? I said, hmm, he's gone. <laughs> I said, probably back there somewhere on the ground. All these people go, and we had done started back up. Right. They were down there looking for it. Oh, my God! I he was actually a little
0: heard, daredevil. Believe it or not, I've actually heard that story.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I will not tell you no lie. <laughs> oh, well, I know that. I
0: know that. Um, I, I don't want to take up all your time because, honestly, I could sit here well, all I'm, the time. I'm,
5: <laughs> I'm waiting for uh, Cody. Yeah. Well, well,
0: let's let's get into that. What what is what is your overall thoughts of the Elvis tribute artists? What what's your thoughts of that?
5: I love all of them, and I know a lot, lot of them. Right. Just just met my latest one here in June mm-hmm. for the three days that they are here in Ju- for the June for the June thing, and I met Doug Church. Mm-hmm. I had heard of him but never met him. So anyway, he, they, him and his group started out. I was sitting in a chair and he stopped me, and he said, "I think I was told who you are." I said, "So," <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, we kept talking, you know. And uh, I said, "Well, all these people's got on Doug shirts. I don't look." He said, "You getting one?" <laughs> so. He sent my friend out to get one out of the car. Mm -hmm. All he had was extra large. (laughs) Swallowed me whole. So he said, "Well, I hate." I wish I could say that. (laughs) (laughs) And so anyway, he uh, he said, "I tell you what, I'm going to give you this extra large." I said, "Yes, I want it." And he said, "But we will get you one that fits you later." I said, "Sure." He said, "But I hate it." I said, "I don't. I'll sleep with you every night, and you'll never know it." <laughs>
2: <laughs>
5: That's
0: great. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the times. Well, I, I'll just be honest, and I think I've said this in an earlier episode. When I was growing up, I didn't really care for the tribute artists because I was, I kept saying, "You know, I, there you're is not there's Elvis, not you're not, you're not and you're trying okay. to be like." And the more I got to talking to them and knowing them, and this was actually before. The podcast. Uh, the more I got talking to him, I was like, "Okay, now I understand."
5: Right. Well, had, now there there are some ETAs that it must go to their head mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They kind of want to act like Elvis, and there's not another Elvis. There was only was. one. Right. And there's some out there that if you close your eyes and don't look, you'd think is Elvis. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and that, that kind of ties into my question. What do you, what what is your overall thought? I, I, I'm kind of building on that question I asked you earlier. What is your overall thought of, of someone who, who comes out and does that? Did you ever think, you're not Elvis, you're not, why are you trying this? Or did you think, or did you realize what they were doing well, from the beginning? Well, I have
5: to watch them a while, and, and then you get to know them, and then... They're they're not an ETA. They're they're your one of your best friends.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what I got,
5: got too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's so many of them that I not only know them entertaining, but know all of his their families because I have gone and been spend weeks up there with different ones' families.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, getting getting back on the real Elvis. Okay. Uh, yeah <laughs> um give me another story What? T- tell me something else that's...
5: oh okay have you been in the mansion? yes, ma'am okay <laughs> down in the jungle room, you know what I'm talking right, about right down at the end of the uh room, there's a big waterfall mm-hmm. with the brick things around it right Lisa was well Elvis went one day one at, late one afternoon down to a pet store and bought three high-priced dogs. (laughs) They was running around the house. Well, the next day, some of us were sitting there in the jungle room, and Lisa Lisa Marie was sitting on this brick going around the waterfall. But in her hand was a dog. (laughs) Okay. She was dipping these dogs down in there. Oh, no. (laughs) Elvis walked in. He stood there a second and, excuse me, he said, Lisa, what in the hell are you doing? She turned around with the cutest smile. She said, well, Dad, I'm just baptizing these damn dogs for you. <laughs> he said, he stood there a second. And he said, get up and get upstairs in your room yeah. right now. You'd think he's going to be a killer, you know. Right. But the reason, you'll never guess the reason he wanted her out of that room, so he could laugh Uh. (laughs) at what she had said, because as she gets to the door, she turns back around with this little smirky look. She said, I was only trying to help. He said, get up them stairs.
0: Elvis was a good daddy.
5: Oh, wonderful. Yeah. He didn't believe in no punishment. He didn't believe in nothing when it come to Lisa Marie. At two years old, at Christmas, Lisa Marie received a white mink coat. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Get some ideas, baby. <laughs>
0: um, uh, one of the questions I was asking was about Elvis's generosity, and I guess you saw that firsthand. Oh my gosh! Tell me, tell me a story okay, about I'll that. Okay, I'll
5: tell you one example of how much he loved everybody. One Christmas, he took every one of those guys down on Union Avenue to Shilling Motors, which only sold Lincolns. Wow! He bought every one of them a new Lincoln. Wow! But he had one put-back special he had ordered that had some gold trimming in it and the EP, all different in it, you know. Well, that was his. So anyway, he was still standing there talking to the uh, salesman, and all these guys was running out for their cars. Well, they got in their cars and left. Well, just before they left, though— there was a little black lady that cleans buildings there, close by the shop, and she was standing outside this cold, cold winter. Mm-hmm. And so he t- told him, he said, "Bring that little old woman in, she said, she's so cold out there." She did not want to come in, not with that many white men in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they finally convinced her to. And he said, "What are you doing out this late in this cold weather?" She said, well, she was waiting for her son to come pick her up as soon as he can get, maybe get his car started. So finally, he got got him to bring his car out. He gave it to that little black lady. Wow. And her son left his car there to drive her home. <laughs> and but oh, not that. He liked to have never... He couldn't find a way home. Back then, you didn't have these phones like this you got today. So he walks around the building and he saw a little light at the bottom of a door. So he walks in, looks in at the window, and there was a little black man in there cleaning up. Well, he told him, he knocked on the window and told him he was Elvis Presley. He said, Yeah, yeah, sir. Okay. He said, I need to come in there. It's cold out here. I need a ride. So the little man finally, thought well maybe he's for real i'll try so he opened the door and let him in lo and behold yes (laughs) lo and behold he opened the door and let him in so elvis said "Uh, would you take me home he said yes sir mr elvis i'll take you home but the but my car hadn't got no back seat in it and said but the passengers has got a big springs in it elvis said i don't care what it's got in it would you (laughs) Would you take me home? (laughs) Old Willie said, yes, I will. So Elvis said he rode home sitting on the edge of that front seat. (laughs) But he got his address and phone number. Uh So the next day, poor old Willie was brought out to Grayson and picked him up a brand new car. Wow. That didn't have a spring. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Except for the shocks.
5: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I have lived quite a life, honey. I can see. <laughs> I can see. Um,
0: let's go to August. Yeah. August 16th. Tell me about that day. The day that Elvis passed. Oh, it was
5: awful. I was at work, and, and a friend of mine worked at the Baptist Hospital. Mm-hmm. And she called me and told me they just brought Elvis in. And she said, I hate to tell you, but I think he's dead. said, they hadn't announced it yet. So I thought, oh, my Lord, because Gene was driving an 18-wheeler. And he was coming in that day. So I called his boss and told him when he got there, not let him go in the warehouse where any of the guys maybe had, had a radio on and then I told him why, and I said, just take his keys and and tell him, you know, talk to you tomorrow or something. And so he didn't know it till he got to my house, you know. And we were with Elvis just a few days before he passed away. And uh, I said, Elvis I told Gene, I said, honey, I feel like this might have been the last time we see him alive. He hollered at me and said, "Don't you ever say that to me again," you know. But it was his appearance and all, you know. Uh, and and... Gene, Gene was a pallbearer, and I was in the I was in the uh, car right behind uh, Priscilla, Elvis, and Uncle Vernon and Grandma. Do you know who Minnie Pearl is? Yes, ma'am. Okay, Elvis had a concert in Memphis, a big, huge place. Well, I didn't get out front. I was always in the back, you know, and I'd get to where I could see him real well on the stage, but you couldn't see the pe- could, people out there couldn't see us sitting there. And uh, so there was a, a lady come up. Oh, she was a real, a real pretty-dressed woman, you know, And uh, so she had come around with her chair. She said, can you see good where you sit? And I said, I sure can. I said, do you want to sit here with me? She said, I've been two or three places, and I couldn't get to to see him. You know, like I want to see the side, the front, the back. (laughs) And uh, I said, okay. I said, put your chair right here. She was real friendly, and I did not know who she was until after the show (laughs) and found out it was Minnie any pearl. pearl, how about that? <laughs> but no, she, and she didn't, didn't have say that tag. No, she <laughs> did not. And she did not have on a cap with a tag. <laughs> right.
0: That would have given her away, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, it has been a pleasure to meet you and to talk with you. Um, I hope we can do this again.
5: Let's do. It okay. was fun. It was fun.
0: Thank you so much.
5: You're welcome.
0: God bless. You. God bless you. I love you. I love you. And like I said earlier, my daughter was with me, and uh, I wish you could have seen her, because she was just sitting there as as Miss Louise was talking, and just like big eyes and listening, and, and wow, she lived at Graceland. That's so cool. And uh, it was really cool. So the picture that I have on Facebook is with me and Miss Louise, but in the background is my daughter. Uh, Sunny, and she was uh, just as excited to meet Miss Louise as I was. Man, I hope we can get together again. Um, just such a sweetheart, and uh, thank you so much, Miss Louise, for your time and what you had to say to us. And that's going to do it for this episode of Shaping Elvis. Thank you so much for your time and being with me today, and I do hope to see you on the next episode of Shaping Elvis. Hey, go visit my Facebook. There's going to be pictures there. Um, Every time I have an interview, I try to get a picture with who that is so you can put a face to the voice. Leave me your Elvis stories. I hadn't got any. Where are you guys at? I know there has got to be more Elvis stories than what I'm getting or lack thereof. So please give me uh, an Elvis story. Send me a message over on the Facebook and I'll share it here with your fellow fans. Of course, you can always email me, shapingelvis at gmail.com or jward at wtva.com. I do hope you're enjoying this podcast. And if you are, give it a rating, leave a review, and tell everybody how much you love it. So until next time, this is Josh Ward saying, and Wanda Gill too, Elvis may have left the building, but he's never left our hearts. Bye. Shaping Elvis is produced and edited by me, Josh Ward, executive producer, Jason Lee Esri. It is a production of WTVA Podcasts. The views and opinions you hear on the show belong to me and my guests and don't necessarily reflect those of WTVA, parent company,
3: Heartland Media, or WLOV. Thank you and good night.